0: Hey, uh, man, before we just jump in, I just want to pray. Let's pray really quick. God, um, God, I love that song and, and God, I, I, I just, I just, I just think the worst thing we could do with a song like that is, is to sing it and then to move on. And, and God, it's not really our prayer. It's not really the cry of our hearts. God, it's not really where we're at this morning. And so God, if, if we've come in here today, half-hearted, you are worthy of all of our hearts. God, if we if we've come in here and we're we're focused and we're filled with with something, some deadline this week, or something that happened at school or with our family this past week, if if we're if we're if we're if we're, if we're here but we're not here, God, bring us all here because you're all here this morning. You are all here, and you deserve all glory and honor and worship. And God, to just singing that song and and just feel feel limited with my own heart and feel limited in my own words and, and wanting to worship you more and give you more glory, God, than, than I know how to give. And, and Father, I just pray that you would wake us up to who you are, God, because you are glorious and you are beautiful and you are worthy of, of all of our praise, God. We're, we're, we don't need just another church service. We need an encounter with you. And, and God, that's true for the person who, who comes every week because they love you. And it's true for the person who's come today for the very first time. And they're not sure if you're, you're even real, God. But we all need you and you're what we want. And so, God, I pray that you would just open our eyes to whatever and anything that you've got for us today. God, open our hearts and open our ears, God, that we wouldn't just hear physically, but that we would hear at a level that we can't even really talk about. We can't even really explain, but that we would know that we've heard the voice of God today. It's what we want. It's what we need. It's what we need. God, only you can do it. Do it for your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody that's with me said, Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to welcome you uh, to Summit this morning, and uh, if today is your very first time here, uh, my name is Mark, and I'm the uh, lead pastor, and we're just excited and, and really uh, privileged and honored that you would get up on a Sunday morning, and that you would come here, and that you would worship with us, and if you are here today for the very first time, you've been here uh, maybe for once or twice, you're a returning guest, uh, here's what we, uh, we ask you to do. At the end of our service today out there in the lobby, we have our welcome table, and if you're a first-time guest or a returning guest, we've just got a free. Gift We'd love to give you just some information about our church. Uh, There's all all kinds of stuff for local restaurants and some really cool stuff out there. If you're a first-time guest, returning guest just stop by that welcome table after, after service today, and we'll hook you up. And by the way, if you're here today and I've never met you, I'd love to meet you really quick. I'm at, I'll be at the welcome table after church today. We always do a thing that lasts about two or three minutes. It's, it's called first step. I'll be there at the table. I'd love to shake your hand and just say, hey, thank you so much for coming. Pray with you if you need that, if you want that, serve you any way we can. Love to connect with you at the table after church today. After we're done here in just a few moments, we always take a minute or two. We ask everybody to fill out the connect Card that you've got there in your seat, and the reason we do that is because one that helps us know how we can pray for people, helps us know who's here, who's not here. We try to reach out for to people uh, if they if they might have missed that uh, missed a Sunday. Uh, But any decision you make, man, we want to know what God is doing and has done in your life today. All right, so if you are uh, here with me today, I want you to look at. Two people here today, just look at two people around you. Look at two people right now say, it's good to see you today. Look at two people right now. Good to see you. It's 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 good to see you. Some people aren't saying anything to anybody. Don't worry about them. They're always rude. They're always mean. They're always real angry about being here. They, they're, they're, and so just pray for them, all right? But we're excited to see you here today, man. We're fired up that you will come. It's, it's cold outside, is it not? It's cold outside. Now, I hear this a lot. Mark, we can't come to church. It's cold outside. Mark, what should we do? It's cold outside. You know, they have a season for it. It's called winter. You know, the the, I, I, the the people who complain that it's cold are the same people who complain that it's hot. Right? And Jesus is in heaven saying, what do you want? Right? So So, yes, it's cold. The kids call it winter. It'll be a big deal, really popular. All right. So it's cold. Um, and, uh, but I believe the heat's on. It feels good to me, uh, this morning. And so we're just going to, uh, jump right in here, uh, this morning. And, um, I'm going to fix my deal here today here. I need to tilt that back. There we go. Technology right there, baby. Hey, I'm going to, uh, uh, we're going to jump in here today to a, uh, A new series. I don't know if we'll call it a series. It's a sermon broken up into two parts or whatever it is. We'll just see what God does with this. Um, But we're starting something today called More, and I'm going to set it up for you this way. All right. Um, You know, uh, earlier this year, I stood up here and and just really quickly at the end of a sermon uh, just talked about how I was walking through a really uh, hard season of discouragement, that I was just really. Discouraged. And I'll just be honest with you, and I just want to share. Uh, this is the, just the way that I'm going to set up this sermon because this is exactly where it flowed. What we're doing here, I'm just going to share with you uh, what God is doing in my life right now. What we're doing here today, and then next week we'll see after that, this is just something that God has been teaching me, showing me. This is what God has been doing in my life, and I just really felt that God was saying, hey, I want you to share this with the entire church. And about a year and a half ago, um, our church was just walking through some really difficult things, and there were some things going on, and I and I got really, really discouraged, and and I got really angry about several things, and I got really afraid about things that might. Happen and may what if this happens? What if people say this? Or you know, what if this happens and none of that stuff happened anyway? You know, you're ever afraid of something and it never happens. That was where I was just strung with anger, bitterness, and then that just turned into burnout. You know what I mean? When I say burnout, just done, just done. And uh, and I had uh, talked to Elena several times about it, and I talked to a few other people about it. Um, but I was just done. I was, I was burned out on, on the call that God had placed on my life. There were several things going on, and even when that season uh, of things that our church was walking through, even when that ended, um, no matter what I did, I just couldn't get out of it. I, I couldn't get out of where I was, and, and, and nothing changed, and every, every advice people would give me, nothing changed. Every book I read about burnout and how to get out of it, how to keep going you know, faithfully, I was doing all that stuff, but nothing was taken. No, nothing was really working. Nothing was getting me out of it. Even though seasons changed and the, the situation changed, man, it just felt like I was just stuck in this. And, and earlier uh, this year, earlier this year, I started uh, a Bible reading plan where I'm reading through the Bible in my personal devotions in my quiet time. I'm reading through the Bible right now, just going through the Bible, just reading every book of the Bible in a year, uh, read the entire thing. And, and I'm reading the Bible and God, because God always does this, God begins to use the Bible in my life. In in, in ways that, that, that the only way to explain it is God just began to speak to me in really deep and profound ways from the Bible. Because I would go to the Bible, and over and over in the Bible, I don't know if you knew this or not, the most repeated command in the Bible is don't be afraid, but I was afraid. And over and over God says don't be discouraged, and I was discouraged. And then God just really started to, to convict me and to speak to me and just give me this desire that, that what God says he has for me in his word, it would be a reality in my life. It wouldn't be ideas that I have in my head that I can talk about and that I can preach a sermon, but that everything God has for me, everything that God says he has for his people in this book, God just gave me a burden and a desire to have it become a reality in my life. And so I just started to pray that. I just began to pray, God, whatever you have for me, I want it. God, I want to walk in what I'm reading here. God, I don't want it to be just a sermon. I don't want it to be an idea. I want to experience what you're talking about in your words word and God just began to whisper into my life and speak into my life and say to me in a real clear way, God said to me, and, and this is this is the thing that God just keeps saying to me. It's like on repeat in my mind is God saying to me, Mark, I have more for you. I, I got more for this church. Mark, I have, Mark, I have more for you. You know, a verse that that God just really used uh, in my life and God is using in my life is in Colossians chapter 1 In Colossians 1, 28, 29, Paul says this. He says, him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Watch this. I mean, as a preacher, man, that gets my attention. I want everybody in our church to be mature in Christ. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to walk close to Jesus. And I want you to grow up and be the men and women and the students and the kids that God has called us and saved us to be, so that gets my attention. But watch what he says, for this I toil, struggling, watch this, with all his energy, that he powerfully works inside of me, within me. And so God is just whispering into my life and saying, Mark, I've got more for you. And that more that I'm talking about specifically that we're going to talk about in this series is the person of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit at work, active in our lives, in my life and in your life. And listen, listen, as I've been praying that God just began to restore my passion, God's began to give me a new vision of him. And man, God is just doing some amazing things, showing me amazing things in his word. And, And God is waking me up to the fact that some, listen, God has more for your family than you're experiencing right now. Amen? God has more for you as an individual What you're experiencing right now. God has more for our church than what you and I are experiencing right now. Do you believe that? I mean, I believe that. I believe that God has more for us. And I don't know where you're at today when you walked in here. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're not here. Oh, here we go. Another sermon. Here we go. Some more songs. God has more for you. Right? Right? And the more that I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit at work in your life. The Holy Spirit, listen, the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, if you look at the Bible, the one word that's connected to the Holy Spirit more than any other word is the word power. You study the Holy Spirit, you're going to see over and over and over and over that when the Holy Spirit comes in a church, in someone's life, in a city, there is power that comes. Paul says it this way, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Listen, the Holy Spirit, listen to me, listen to me. The Holy Spirit in your life is not going to make you more afraid. The Holy Spirit is not going to lead God's people to walk in fear. It is not God's will for his people to live in fear. Instead, God has given us a spirit of power. Man, would you ask yourself really quick this morning, I feel like some of you guys are asleep. Would you ask yourself, ask yourself this question right now. Are you satisfied with your current experience of the Holy Spirit in your life? Or do you think there might be more? Are you satisfied with what God is doing in our city right now? Do you look at the state of Hazard and Eastern Kentucky and look at it and say, bro, this looks just like heaven. Or do you think God might have more? Do you look at our church and say, man, it can't get any better than this? Or do you look at it and say, I wonder if God has more? See, the Holy Spirit, there's a speaker right there. That reminds me, when we get into our new building, we won't have our stage messed up with these things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's called revival. All right. God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power. Power for what? Check your heart, man. See if you believe what I'm about to say. God gave us a spirit of power. Power to do what? To dislodge the place of fear in your life. Power to love. That's what he says. Power of love. He says power to love. Power to love people you've never loved before. Power to forgive people who've hurt you. Power to get forgiveness from people that you've hurt. Look here, power to have self-control. Listen, there isn't any bondage that any person in here is under right now that the Holy Spirit of God can't give you power to break free from right now, right now. Man, the Holy, say, I'm stuck. I can't say no, I can't do it. The Spirit of God can do it in you. God has not given some of the spirit of fear. God's given our church a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Read that verse and ask yourself, does that sound like what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life today? Or do you have ideas about the Holy Spirit? Can you talk about the Holy Spirit? You can, have, you can pass a theology test about the Holy Spirit, but the last time you experienced the Spirit moving in power in your life, I don't know. I don't know. If that sounds familiar to you, then I want to say to you, God has more. And so here's all I'm going to do. Today's your very first time. Usually what we do is we just open up a passage of scripture and I just teach from it, have a couple of points. We're going to do a Bible study this morning. All right. I'm going to take you all over the Bible. If you're going to try to keep up, you ain't going to. All right, you ain't going to. All these verses are in the app. If you've got the Summit app, you can open up the sermon notes section. They're all on the screen. We can send you the notes. After this, you might wanna write these verses down because listen, if you've got an actual copy of God's word and you're gonna to try to keep up, I promise you, you are not gonna do it. But here's what we're gonna do. I want us to see from the word of God that the that God has given us a spirit of power and that he has more for us, more for our church. And my prayer today is that God would give Give our church a holy unrest for where we are right now. I mean, if you're looking at your current walk with God, if you're looking at what God's doing in our lives in this city and in this church and you're satisfied, I want you to know I've been praying for you for the past two weeks that Jesus would mess with you this morning. I've been praying that God would wake you up. I've been praying that the Holy Spirit would whisper into your life like never before today and tell you there is more. So I just want us to see that this morning. And we'll start right here. Galatians 5. Galatians 5, through 23. Familiar set of verses. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. See, the fruit of the Spirit. These are things that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in our lives. Amen? The the Holy Spirit wants to produce in us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is not hate, cynicism, grumpiness, being touchy, no control. And the fruit of the Spirit is joy. The fruit of the Spirit is patience, goodness, love, faithfulness, all of these things. And listen, we read that and we think, listen, there's no way I could do that. There's no way I could have that kind of love. There's no way I could have peace. You don't know what I'm going through, and I'm telling you that the Spirit of God can give you peace in the middle of what you're going through. There is a peace that passes understanding. There is a joy that rises above your current situation. Our circumstances are not the source of our happiness. God is telling us that the Holy Spirit who is in you can give you a supernatural joy. So you're hearing this and you're thinking, Mark, I can't do this. I want to tell you you're right, but the Spirit of God in you can. Don't don't look at these verses and say, well, you know what, I can't have that, and then just stop right there. Instead, say, God, I can't do this, but I need your Spirit to do it in me. The Holy Spirit, listen to me, the Holy Spirit wants to make me and you into radically different people. People with peace and joy. People who have self-control. That's so why he says in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, we say this every single time we baptize somebody. God wants us, here it is, to walk in newness of life. Did you know that? We, we say that every time we bring somebody out of the water, that they're raised to walk in newness of life. Some, listen to me. Jesus did not go to a cross in Cal, on Calvary and come to life three days later just so you and I can go to church for an hour. Jesus did not do everything that he, that he did just so that we can try to be good. No, no, no. God has called us, and the Spirit of God in us can equip us to walk in newness of life, to walk in a radically different way. And just in case you don't think you can do that, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says this. His divine, what's the next word? Power. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. It says God's divine power, your Bible translation might say this, God's divine power, the Holy Spirit in you, has already given you everything you need to walk with Jesus and do everything Jesus would ever call you to do. Do you see that verses in past tense? That verse does not say God's going to give us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That verse says his divine power has already granted us, past tense, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Man, that divine power is the Holy Spirit that is in you. See, when we talk about God giving you power, we're not talking about God outside of us in heaven. And every once in a while, God zaps us with power from the outside. You know, God, and then you and I, you know. So what it means. One of the things we're gonna see really clear in just a moment, the power that we're talking about, it is already in you right now. It's not a power coming from the outside. God gave you this power to walk in the moment you surrendered your life to him. And this power is called the Holy Spirit. That's exactly why Paul says in Galatians chapter five, verse 16, he says, I say walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Every day, every moment, walk and let the Spirit of God lead you. Walk by the Spirit. Hey, students, did you know that the Holy Spirit is going to be walking at your school tomorrow? Will you walk with Him? The Holy Spirit is going to be walking through your house today when you're with your family. Will you walk with Him? The the Holy Spirit is going to be walking through where you work. The Holy Spirit is walking through this city. Every day, every moment, walk by the Spirit. Walk led by the Spirit. Walk controlled by the Holy Spirit. And look at this, man. This is a big promise. When we walk controlled by the Spirit, look at the rest of that verse. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's a big promise, y'all. I read that and I'm like, whoa. Right? Right? Listen, if you are reading that and you're thinking, bro, that's easy. I got no problem with that. Well, then would you please preach next Sunday? Because I need to hear from you. Right? Walk by the Spirit. You won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Listen, that does not mean perfect. doesn't teach perfectionism. The Bible doesn't teach perfectionism. Now, the Bible does teach something called glorification. Glorification is when you and I see Jesus. Listen, in the presence of Jesus, there is no sin. And so the moment that you and I physically see Jesus, when we see Jesus face-to-face, Summit, listen to me. I'm telling you, in that moment, every single sin that you have ever struggled with in your entire life, in the presence of Jesus, that struggle ends and that sin goes in the presence of Jesus. I don't care how long you've struggled with depression, you won't struggle with it forever. Amen? It goes in the presence of God. I don't, I, listen, it doesn't matter how long you've dealt with that chronic pain. In the presence of Jesus, It goes. In the presence of Jesus' fear goes, but that doesn't happen in this life. In this life, there's struggle, and we know that, don't we? we? We experience that struggle, don't we? I mean, we love Romans chapter 7. We love Romans chapter 7 where Paul says, I don't understand my own actions. I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. We love that, don't we? Oh, man, we love that that there's no perfect people allowed. We love that, yes, we all struggle. We love Paul in Romans 7 talking about his struggle with sin. And listen, yes, we will struggle with sin, but there is also victory over sin in this life, right? There's victory over sin. Listen, the same Paul who in Romans 7 said, why do I do what I don't want to do? I do the very thing I hate is the exact same Paul who in Romans chapter 6 just before that said, do not let sin reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passion. So is there struggle with sin in this life, summit? Yes, there is. But is there power to have victory in this life? Absolutely. Paul goes on, Bible goes on, rather. Bible goes on, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. The kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in what? In power. Power to walk in freedom from sin. Power to walk in freedom from from whatever holds you back. Power to have freedom from fear, from anxiety. Real power that you and I can walk in. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then for so long, I thought that verse was only about evangelism. Because the rest of that verse says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But that verse is not just about evangelism. And the reason that I know that is because the guy who wrote the book of Acts is Luke. So the gospel of Luke. Luke wrote Luke and Acts. And Luke uses that word for power. Luke uses the same Greek word for power that he's using right there in that verse. He uses it 10 times. And every single time Luke uses that specific word for power, he's talking about the ability to perform miraculous signs and wonders that Jesus had and the apostles had. And and God is saying through Luke, listen, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive that same power. Power to do what only God can do. Power to walk in victory." I love what Paul prays for this church. Paul's talking to the Ephesian church, and the Ephesian church is looking at Paul the same way that you guys are looking at me. I don't know if I buy this. I don't know if I'm smoking what Mark's selling today. I was power talk. Because listen, man, I struggle with fear. Listen, man, I'm addicted to stuff on my computer. Listen, man, you don't know what my family has fought the entire. Listen, I don't know if I'm into this whole power thing. And so Paul says this, this is Paul praying for the church of Ephesus, Ephesians three sixteen. Paul's praying that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Some Bible translations put it this way, Paul's praise. Paul prays for the church of Ephesus. I'm praying that you would be given the spirit. And he's not praying that they will be given the Spirit because they need to be saved. No, they've already been saved. The Holy Spirit already lives inside of them. What Paul is praying here, Paul is praying that you and I would know that that, that the Holy Spirit is a resident in our lives with power and we need to walk with him so that we can experience his power and victory on a daily basis. Do, Do you experience that? Summit, this is what God is speaking to us. This is what God wants for us. God wants us to walk in this kind of power. Ask yourself this what do you believe that God can do in your life? And don't give me the church answer, brother, I believe that God can do whatever He wants. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give me some fried chicken. No, no. Do you believe that God can set you free from the anger that you've had at that person for the past 20 years? Do you believe that God can really, do do you believe that God can honestly give you freedom from anxiety? Do you believe that God can really fix your marriage? Do you believe that God can honestly help you get over that divorce? I mean, do you honestly believe it? Do you honestly believe, students, that God can fix your family when you see it all falling apart? Do you really believe it? Or do you read this book and think that's what God does for other people but not you? Or do you hear people talk and sing at church and you think that's what God does for other people but I've never seen God do that in my life? What do you think God can do in your life? Because whatever it is, Paul comes back four verses later in Ephesians 3.20, and he says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, look at this, according to the power at work within us, whatever you think God can do, God can do more, amen? Whatever you think God wants to do, God wants to do more. And where's the power to do it? According to the power at work within us, that power is the Holy Spirit, I love what Paul says, Romans chapter eight, eleven. If the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Listen, the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that kept Jesus' body from decaying, the same Holy Spirit that breathed life back into Jesus' body and caused him to get up off of that concrete slab and to walk out of the tomb actually lives in you today. <laughs> and, and your excitement for it is Contagious raise the Lord. I can't understand why God would want us to talk about the Holy Spirit in our church. Clearly he's moving with power right now. Right? Would you check your heart for a second? I just feel like, I forget the sermon script. Would you check your heart and see if you believe this or not? Not for other people, for you. Do you really believe that the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you? Is that how you talk? Now you think, because listen, man, there was power in that tomb on that morning and that same power is in you today, right? You don't have to clap if you don't believe it, but if you don't believe it, I need you to go to God and say, oh God, get me there. I got one for our whole church. John, chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Jesus said we'll do greater works than him. That doesn't mean we're all going to meet at Fork late today at 2 o'clock and walk on water. That doesn't mean we're going to go to McDonald's and somebody's going to order a Happy Meal, then we're going to pray over it, multiply it, and everybody's going to share it. Jesus says we will do greater works. What's that mean? Here's what that means. Look at what God accomplished. Through the physical person of Jesus and 11 disciples who didn't have it all together, but did believe the Spirit of God could use them. One disciple betrayed Jesus, but Jesus and 11 disciples changed Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. When you get to the book of Acts, most biblical scholars believe that at best, at most, only 120 believers were together in that upper room praying when the Holy Spirit came on them with power. And those 120 believers transformed the world. Jesus says, listen, there's going to be more of you than there is of us. There's more than 120 at Summit Church today. And man, imagine what God can do in our church if every one of us, if all of us just went to God hungry and desperate and we cried out for more. Imagine what God can do. Listen, listen. If you, listen, if we really believe that the Holy Spirit is the answer to the bondage of addiction that is destroying this community, I am telling you, talk is not going to set the captives free. Our human plans is not, they're not going to set the captives free. You know what will set the captives free? Power. Power will set the captives free. So are you satisfied with what you see God doing in our region? Are you satisfied with what you see God doing in your life? We sing that song. I love the song. We sing it on the radio all the time. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Are you? (laughs) Are you satisfied with your current experience of the power of the Spirit of God in your life? I can't answer for you, so I'll answer for me. I am not. I am not. And my prayer right now is, God, whatever you have for me, I want it. God, I want all of it. I want all of it for my family. I want all of it for this church. Whatever you have, I want to walk in the power of the spirit of God that is in me. And, man, I hope that's our church. I hope it's you. I hope that's where you're at. I hope that over the next couple of weeks, God brings you there. But I'm telling you, if God has spoken to you this morning and there's this unrest inside of you, something inside of you has woken up and it is saying, I think that God's got more. I think that God has more for me. I think that God wants me to walk in more freedom. I think that God wants me to walk in more joy. I think that God wants me to walk in more. I think there's more of Jesus for me to walk in. If God has woken that up, something. if that's happening inside of you right now, I'll give you one verse and then we're done. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 says this, that I may know the power of his resurrection." And they share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Paul says, I just want to know the power of the resurrection. He's not praying that he would know more facts about the resurrection. He's not praying for an awesome Easter sermon. Paul is saying, I know that Jesus has made me alive. I know that I'm not the same, but I know that there's more of Jesus. He is making a new man inside of me, Paul says. I have already been resurrected, and there is a new resurrection happening in my life, and I want to know more of the power of that resurrection because I want all that Jesus has for me. Now, next week what we're going to do is we're going to talk about why don't we experience that power more than we do, and how can we begin to walk in it. But all we're doing this morning, the response, the challenge this morning is simply this. Do you believe that God has more for you? Do do you? I mean, do you? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Listen, listen. Check your heart, man. Do you think that God has more for you? Do you think that God has more for your family? Is the the cry of your soul this morning, God, whatever you have for me, God, I just want more of you. God, I want want more of an experience of your power in my life. God, I want more for you in this area of my life. Here's what we're going to do. The band's going to come out and they're going to sing. You guys can come on out. They're going to lead us a little bit in one of the songs that they led us this morning that we started the service off with. Here's my heart. Do you need to do that this morning? We sang it, but do you need to do it? God, here's my heart. I want all you've got. I don't want to just go to church and talk. I want to sing a bunch of. I don't want God ideas. I want God power in my life. Is that you this morning? Is that you? Do you do me a favor? Stand up, everybody. Stand up in the room right now. If that's you right now, if that's you, I'm going to pray. And if the cry of your heart is God, I want more of you. And I pray to God that it is. I don't know it. I don't know. I don't know. But if that's the prayer of your heart this morning, God, I believe you've got more and I want it. I'm going to pray and as soon as I get done, I just want you to come down here and we're going to pray and we're going to cry out to God together for more in our lives, more in our families, more in our church while they're singing a little bit of this song. Here's my heart. That's going to be our prayer. God, I want more of you. Father, I pray that right now, just over this next few moments, God, that we would just silence our lives, silence our hearts. And Jesus, that that, that God, we would just give you our heart. God, you have more for us. God, don't let us be content with talking, with walking in ideas. Don't let us be content with just coming and singing and, and hearing and talking. Let us hunger for power. And so, God, right now, I pray that you would just wake that up in us as we sing and we declare this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's your heart, I want you to come on down right now. Come on down and let's pray together this morning. God, we want more of you.
1: Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord Here's my heart, Lord Speak what is true Here's my heart, Lord Here's my heart, Lord Here's my heart, Lord Speak what is true. smile My-
0: I just want you to raise your voices. If you want to, you can lift your hands. There's freedom to do that here. I just want us to lift our voices. If that's our prayer today, don't keep it in. Just lift your voice and say, God, I want more of you. As they sing that again, God, here's my heart. God, every bit of it, here is my heart. A a living sacrifice, an offering. God, I want I want you to take all of it. God, here's my heart. So lift that up as we sing that this morning. Just lift your voices and declare, God, here's my heart. I want more of you in it today. Here's
1: my heart, Lord.
0: Here's my heart,
1: Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true, heart. Here's my heart.
0: That's our prayer, God. God, we give you our, our lives today. You're, God, worthy of all of our lives. You're, God, worthy of all of our hearts. You're, God, worthy of all of our minds. And, and and you want more of us. Father, wake us up to that. Wake us up to that reality today that there is more of you to know. There is more of you to love. There is more uh, of us. God, you want to take over. There's more of us. There's empty places that you want to fill. Fill it. There's places where you want us to have victory. Give it to us. There's places where you want us to go. And God, it might be new, it might be uncomfortable, but Jesus, there's more of you there. Help us to go. Help us to do it. Help us to, to give. Help us to love. Help us to serve. Help us to just follow the Spirit, to walk by the Spirit as men and women and as sons and daughters and as people, that Jesus, we would follow you. If you're here today and just the cry of your heart is is, God, I want more. Would you just raise your hand right now so we can pray for you? Just, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more of God in my life. Hands, almost every hand in this room. Father, I just thank you that, God, that's our heart. God, we we can't program that. And I can't preach that into reality. And I love that I can't, God. I love that it is a move of the spirit of God in our lives. And God, a church that is hungry is a church in the right place. God, wake us up. There's more. There's more. And God, God, even though the service is about to end, don't let that idea leave us. God, just bother us at work and at school and as we're reading the Word and as we're listening to music, whatever we're we're doing this week, just let the whisper, the, the voice of the Spirit of God in us, there is more. Let's drive us to you, God, like it never has.